6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. So we've been talking about how dry it is in the province. want to tell you this just came across my desk. Edmonton Fire Rescue Services issuing a fire restriction that prohibits open burning and fireworks. Uh, the decision based in part on the fire weather index, which uh, takes into account uh, weather data, like temperature, humidity, wind speeds, precipitation, and uh, the green up of vegetation, which hasn't happened yet. So I can tell you that backyard fire pits and recreational cook stoves and parks are allowed but they have to meet all the requirements um, so keep that in mind the restriction will remain in effect until further notice uh, so at this point the Edmonton fire rescue team issuing a fire restriction no open burning and fireworks and all of this coming as you know we come off a winter in this province which was one of the driest on record um wildfire season in alberta started on march 1st it runs until october 31st right now in the province there's over 40 uh fire warnings ranging from advisories to bans and they cover the better part like all over the province it's not just one area and of course we know that we've seen some grass fires rip across dry fields already this year dr mike flanagan is a professor with the Department of Renewable Resources and director of the Western Partnership for Wildland Fire Science at the University of Alberta. Uh, Dr. Flanagan, welcome back to the show. Oh, great to be with you, Jalen. All right, my goodness. I thought I thought that fire season uh, originally started on April 1st, not March 1st. When did that change? <laughs> no fooling, huh? April, it used to be April 1st, but... Um about five years ago because we were seeing fires in March and even February, we moved it back to March the 1st. I mean, wow. some years we still have tons of snow in March, but other years like this year, like we had those grass fires that were quite significant. There was injuries and structures yeah. lost. Um, so I think it is appropriate that we do start yeah. March 1st. Typically, it typically does May, I mean, I, I look back at some of those massive fires that we've had, you know, you look at Fort McMurray, you look at Slave Lake, those happening in May, Is does May typically be the time of year where um, the, the, the fire risk is, is heightened? So May is our busiest month, and we're okay. the only jurisdiction in Canada where May is the busiest. And, hmm. and you're right, it's that time after the snows goes and before things green up you know the grass gets green and the leaves come out in the trees that there's a window for fire to occur and it's typically as you move farther north mostly in may uh, and there are parts of alberta still covered with snow so that's prime time but this year because it's been a bit warmer since that cold spell in february um three quarters of our days since then have been above normal and so it's maybe starting a little earlier this year than yeah. than previous years so this you know there's a great potential for a lot of fire activity it, it, i was going to ask you when you look at you know what it's been like over the past number of weeks the limited amount of precipitation the you know the the fact that there wasn't a whole lot of snow especially in the edmonton region this year what what goes through your mind about you know the potential for what this could look like uh, in alberta and in the edmonton zone over the next um next number of weeks 
So I'm also a weather forecaster by training. <laughs> and so before coming on air, I, I looked at the weather forecast, and it looks like our pattern's changing. Um, we're going back to more of a roller coaster where uh, we get a few nice days, and then we get rain or snow you know, every three, four days. And that pattern's not nearly as conducive. So if we can just okay. get through the next couple of days, I think things are going to be quieter for the next couple of weeks. But then comes May, and, you know, I can't tell you what the weather's going to be like in May. <laughs> uh, so if we can just get through the next few days, because I was just outside, and it's really dry and warm. Fortunately, it's not very windy at the moment, and wind is a key ingredient for our fires. And so... If we can just observe the fire bands and just respect fire, if you do see a fire, um, call uh, 310 Fire. There's a great app, um, if you're interested in wildfire, that the province has put out. It's called AB Wildfire, and it has up-to-date information on all the fires in Alberta and all the fire bands and everything. So, and or you can go to the website, of course, um, Alberta Wildfire and. Uh, Mike Flanagan joining us this afternoon. I think one of the things that maybe might might be on our side through May is that we typically don't get much, you know, you know, big storms. We don't get the thunder and lightning. We don't get those lightning starts, which can be a real, can be a real problem. And we know that. Um, so again, I, as you mentioned, everything falls back onto human responsibility is to follow the darn rules. <laughs> and, and you're right, Jalen. Um, in May. You know, lightning starts to make an appearance towards the end of the May. So mo- most of our fires in May are human-caused. And being human-caused, they are preventable. And you're right. Just look back at the last 10 years. I mean, we're coming up to the 10-year anniversary of Slave Lake. Of course, Fort McMurray in 2016, the costliest natural disaster in Canadian history. And not that long ago, 2019, uh, high-level Chuckie Creek fire. Yeah. So we've had our, a lot of fire. Last year was exceedingly quiet. Um, COVID may have been playing a role because, you know, if the humans are at home, we're not out starting fires. <laughs> and But it was cooler in weather last year. So this year it's much warmer and drier. So be careful with fire. Observe all the fire bans and uh, warnings, et cetera. Um, and we should be okay. Can you tell us a little about, I, I understand that uh, Alberta Wildfire has some new technology, and I think we're always, you know, turning to new te- new technology in all sorts of fields to, to stay ahead of things, and certainly, you know, when it comes to fire in this province, this would be good uh, as well, but they're using some new things as well, like some remote cameras and drones, and maybe it's not new te- necessarily new technology, but maybe using it differently and how that will how that will help as we move through these, these next few months months great question so you know alberta has one of the best fire management agencies in canada and actually canadian fire management agencies are among the best in the world and yes they use all sorts of technology they're adaptive and when something new comes along they test it out first and they're testing out a lot of the cameras uh, we do have, have lookout towers across mm-hmm. much of the territory uh, they've been staffed by humans they have been closing some down because of budget cuts and things like that and they're starting to look at using cameras instead and of course things like drones can be very helpful because especially um 
you know, there's there's no people because sometimes air crashes happen or helicopter crashes happen, or as drones, you don't have to worry about it except for the cost of replacing the drone. So there's satellites that they use to help detect and monitor fires. They're using all sorts of modern uh, data availability, whether it's radar, lightning data detection systems. Um, you know, humans cause the fires in the spring. It's lightning's the biggest problem in the summer. And yeah. unlike humans, you can't prevent the lightning. But knowing where they occur and what the yes. conditions are can help them manage those fires. You know what, Mike, I remember, you know, we, we did a, a lot of talking to each other um, during um, during Fort McMurray uh, fire in the days after, in the weeks after. Uh, as as mentioned, we're, what, two weeks away from the, the fifth anniversary of, of Fort McMurray, 10, 10th anniversary of Fla- uh, Slave Lake. You mentioned uh, the Chuck Egg uh, fire as well. There's 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 been a lot of talk in in the years since those devastating fires about making communities more fire resilient are we are we making ground on that are we uh, are we are we gaining traction are we doing a better job or is there still a long way to go we're making progress but there's still a lot of work to be done every community should have an emergency plan and not just for fire, but for floods and other disasters. And many communities don't, unfortunately, yet. Uh, there is a program called Fire Smart Canada, and it has uh, seven principles that help homeowners and communities be prepared for fire, to be more resilient. Uh, I mean, we cannot eliminate fire. That's something that you've, we have to learn is that we cannot make fire go away and nor should we I'll talk briefly about fire ecology in a second but we have to learn to live a fire and you know our forests are adapted to fire they've learned to survive and thrive in this regime of semi-regular stand renewing stand replacing fires like those fires we saw you know chuck a creek and fort mcmurray and slave lake that's fair game for our forests and they have strategies to deal with it so if you try and take fire off the landscape it's not natural anymore fire is neither good nor bad it's just mother nature at work from society's point of view when a fire enters a community yes that that can be bad and disastrous but from mother nature's point of view it's just you know the cycle of life yeah yeah, no, and, and great points there. And I guess I'm wondering too. Then I, I look at you know communities who are that have been really carved out of a forest, right? You know that mm-hmm. uh, have yep. that have those trees, have that brush right up onto their doorsteps. You know, are, are we doing a a better job, or are we being more aware when we're developing? communities or new neighborhoods about what is around and maybe uh, putting in those fire breaks is that something that you believe is on the mind of developers or needs to be more so so i'm working with some uh, insurance companies and industry on building materials to make houses more fire resistant for new homes as well as the fire smart canada some of those principles talk about fuel management right around your home and around the community so those subdivisions the new subdivisions should be surrounded by green space like golf courses or 
baseball diamonds, soccer pitches, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Green grass is a, a great fire break. Um, yeah. So, you know, in California, where they had had even more fire than what we've seen in Alberta, some of their jurisdictions are now saying you cannot have any vegetation within five feet of your house. Um, oh, wow. You know, so a meter and a half to about two meters. That that seems extreme, but you know, given that you know their bill from fires in the last five years is probably approaching 500 billion dollars us so you have to do some extreme things but you know you don't a lot of it's common sense you know you don't stack firewood beside your house you don't have cedar shrubs right beside your house and you know i was at slave lake shortly after the slave lake fire and there was this one house that did everything right, okay, but it still burnt down because they made one minor thing. They left mulch along the driveway, and the fire, just like a wick, fire is opportunistic. It's just probing, looking for something to burn. It burned the mulch and burned down the house. You know, like it's very unfortunate. But, you know, we are doing things through FireSmart. There was a funding program through the province of Alberta, 20-some million dollars. And so communities are... Um, getting more fire resistant to wildfire but there's many communities that we need to address and um, you know there's new buildings that are looking at fire but there's still lots of old buildings you know that you know aren't, aren't very fire resistant yeah, still a lot to learn. So again, it, and I think if people want to find out more, the website firesmartcanada.ca, and uh, there's uh, there's a lot of great things on there. There's a, a tab right there that says homeowners that someone can check on and and check it out. Uh, Mike, always appreciate your time and your your uh, your expertise on this front. And you know, fingers crossed that we get through the next few weeks safe and sound. I look forward to talking to you again. Have a great weekend. Oh, yeah, you too, Jalen. Pleasure. Yeah. Take care. It is uh, Dr. Mike Flanagan, who is a professor with the Department of Renewable Resources. He's the director of Western Partnership for Wildland Fire Science at the University of Alberta. And he is, you know, one of the go-to guys when it comes to to fire and wildfires, uh, you know, across the country, certainly here in Alberta. So I just wanted to mention this again. Uh, If you're just tuning in off the top of that interview, I had mentioned that Edmonton Fire Rescue Services, there there are fire bans and advisories across the province right now, about 45 of them by uh, last count. Um, here in Edmonton, they have put in a fire restriction that prohibits open burning, so no open burning and no fireworks. I know you're asking, oh, and it was the first thing when I read it too. I was like, oh my gosh, what about, you know, sitting around the fire pit tonight? Well, here's the deal. Uh, backyard fire pits, recreational cook stoves and parks are still allowed. Backyard fire pits must meet all the requirements of the uh, of the, uh, the fire pit bylaw within the city. So you're okay with that, but just, you know, they're just urging caution here for the next little little while, and they're they're basing the decision um, on you know the 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 fire weather index. Um the temperature, humidity, the fact that things haven't greened up yet. And I was looking at pictures, you know, from my backyard from the past number of years where things have been already pretty green. And I, oh man, I don't know about you, but my uh, my backyard right now looks like a looks like a bunch of straw. So we'll keep you updated on that front uh, throughout the afternoon and throughout the coming days. Hard to believe that five-year anniversary coming up May 1st, Fort McMurray. You can sure there'll, you can be sure there'll be lots of coverage on that as well.